Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only, the big dog, Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you doing Ooh, on this fine uh, Friday night? I'm doing okay. It's not, this is one of the weeks where it's not my weekend, so I'm not, I as, gotcha. I'm not as jacked as I normally would be, but I'm ready still. Yeah, I feel that. A lot of people that have never worked retail don't understand that, like, uh, Fridays don't really mean anything when you're in retail. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do if you're on that bi-weekly schedule, but, like, other oh, yeah. times, like, it's it's just, like, a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something. Yeah. No, no, I, I actually have it pretty good, so I'm not I'm not going to complain here or anything. Uh, this, is a, this is a side take, but, like, for about five, maybe six years, my schedule was... I would work Monday to Thursday, have Friday off, work Saturday, Sunday, have Monday off, and then work Tuesday to Friday, have the weekend off, and then rinse and repeat that all over again. So I, I feel oh. it. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, well, we've been here as well for what we're <laughs> going to talk about today. We were here last year, one year ago, the first annual virtual theater awards, and we're back to do it all over again, baby. We have got... Uh, we have got a lot of you here. Uh, if you did not listen to last year's VTAs, I, I would encourage everybody to go in and, um, catch up on that episode and, uh, get reacquainted with us and our uh, selection process and our awards. Uh, it's kind of like the Oscars. It's the same level of prestige. Just, uh, Gooey and I have picked them, the winners instead. And we've also picked the categories and we've also altered a lot of categories to kind of fit what we want to talk about. So I'm excited to get going here today because I think that uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Of course, this is honoring everything that happened in year two of virtual theater. So anything that uh, that we covered after last year's VTAs, so any episode after that was eligible to be nominated in this year's VTAs. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of quality in here, Goo, mm-hmm. but there is also not uh, there. There's some <laughs> unquality too. I think there's more, we had more positive than negative though. We, we had to like, we did have to create like a negative category cause we couldn't think of anything nice to say about some movies, uh-huh. but there's a lot of nice things we did have to say about other movies. So very, very it true. Evens out. Very true. Um, and you know what, even, even and, the bad movies were a lot of them, even last year too, they're. They're more so mediocre than bad. It's just that we did happen to get like two just straight up bad movies in year two, which we'll talk about. Maybe three, actually. Some absolute stinkers. Yeah. 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 And it's year two. So, you know, thanks to everyone who's been listening. It's been a great two years so far. I have a a statistic for you because uh, and I'm not sure if you know this or not. But do you know how many episodes of virtual theater that we have done? I counted the other day. It's got to be forty-seven. Uh, well, I, you're you're almost bang on. So this right here oh. is episode forty-seven that we are recording. And uh, I also kind of I kind of cheated. I cooked the books a little bit, and I and I rounded it up to fifty-eight to include all the Zelda cartoon episodes, um, which will be okay, fifty-nine okay. by the time that uh very very quickly it'll be 59 so yeah yeah those are like side side canon yeah that's that's <laughs> ambiguous canon right there um so man can you, what a 
two years and, and almost 50 episodes of, of virtual theater. And, and of course, like our episodes count for like three episodes of, of a normal podcast. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. They're pretty I long. Think. Yeah, they're a little they're a little lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> But people love going through the movies, so it's it's all it's all been worth it. You know what the the best thing that I can always think of when I'm recording a virtual theater episode is like we'll we'll usually get to we'll usually hit that two hour mark or something like that. Sometimes even longer. Sometimes sometimes three hours if we're doing Star Wars. But it never feels like it takes that long. I don't feel like like when we're done, I'm just like holy moly! Like we've been we've been doing this for three hours. Whereas like <laughs> sometimes when I'm when I'm doing the Zelda podcast. Uh, I'm just like, oh God, I need to stretch this out for another 10 minutes to get to the end, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we're never, I don't know, there's always just like plenty of fun stuff to talk about in these, so I never I never feel like uh, it drags, you know? Uh, roll Tide to that. Um, all right, without further ado, I guess let's get going here. Uh, we're going to... We're going to mail some trophies to the recipients of uh, these prestigious awards right here after we're done. They'll probably post on <laughs> social media with their pictures of the VTAs. They'll have their Zoom acceptance <laughs> yeah. speeches or whatever. Maybe we could host a Zoom panel with all the producers and directors. There you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. we could even include the best side character, which is our first oh, VTA yeah. up for... Uh, up for nomination, I guess, or award this year. Um, so of course, this is yeah. this is self-explanatory. This is uh, this is going to the best side character in all of the movies that we watched in the last year. And maybe Goose, should we actually run through them because we did disqualify some movies? Or do you think we should just go uh, all the movies? No, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna hit all of them. Okay. In this, right? Every movie we we basically didn't include like for the main nominations here we didn't include anything that wasn't adapted from a game like so like you're not going to see tron or you know stuff like that right yeah because we we did a few more of those fun episodes this year we did uh the birthday episodes which is a a tradition i think that's going to continue uh we did the paul poll which was which was awesome (laughs) so those those have a place in one award here but by and large, they are not up for consideration. But who is right. up for consideration in the in the award of best side character is nominee number one, Detective Grosky, everybody's favorite machismo mustache shirtless <laughs> boat climbing Shark motherfucker punching. from <laughs> Professor Layton. Uh, this guy was like straight up gangster and uh, definitely deserving to be on this list. Uh, so he's nomination number one. Nomination number two, the cold badass known only as Isaac from Castlevania season two. This dude is ice cold, steals every single scene that he's in. He's my favorite character, I think, in Castlevania. This guy rocks. Yeah, His story is very captivating. And we're not done with uh, Mr. Isaac yet either. He's he's coming back in Castlevania season three, mm. which maybe is a, a virtual oh, yeah. theater uh, year three thing to cover. So... There you go. Uh, nomination Definitely. number three goes to Pyramid Head oh, no. from Silent Hill. This guy <laughs> looked a like a badass. He, he actually didn't have that much. Yeah, he, he didn't really do much, but he looked really cool while he was doing it. You know, nomination number four. We've got the Bard 
from The Witcher. I'm pretty sure that this guy has like a real name, and I'm pretty sure we even like just said it last episode, but I already forget. <laughs> it's uh, yes, Yaskir or Jaskir or something like that. I can yeah. spell it. Uh, you know what? I-, I don't care. It's he's the bard. I mean this this dude is <laughs> okay. the bard. He's yeah. fun. This guy. This he's guy a, he's a fun a side character. He got Geralt into a lot of shenanigans. He did, and he also created a number one hit single. So um, there's also that to <laughs> consider, which is a big consideration, I feel like. So that's nomination number four. Nomination number five, our final nomination, goes to Mr. Carlos, can't remember his last name, from Resident Evil 3. Uh, this dude... Had a pretty cool death scene, I feel like, actually. Uh, he, he was pretty cool. I was sad to see him go. He sacrificed himself. He lit up a blunt while doing it. Uh, it was pretty kick-ass. And, yeah, he rocked. Yep. He, he was a bright spot in that movie. But <laughs> there can only be one. So, really quickly, I'm going to go through the nominations again, Goo, and then you can, uh, you can tell the winner that he is the lucky okay. man here. Nomination number one, Detective Grosky from Professor Layton. Nomination number two, Isaac from Castlevania. Nomination number three, Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Nomination number four, The Bard from The Witcher. And nomination five, Carlos from Resident Evil 3. Can we get a drum roll up in here? And the winner is... Detective Grosky. Oh, yeah. From Professor Layton. This guy was, uh, he was just mondo cool, as they say. Absolutely. They, well-deserved. <laughs> well-deserved. Um, all right, well, let's... The, the pure definition of a side <laughs> character, too, because he just literally kept popping in. Like, like Carlos was, like, an active member of the story, but Grosky was just, like, fighting a shark. <laughs> okay, he's gone. He's fighting a yeah. shark. Okay, he's gone. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, Carlos and Isaac, like, you could have almost put them in the main character category. So, you know what? At least Isaac will oh, have yeah, his, his chance at the sun again someday. But for now, Detective Grosky oh, sure. is the man. So, congrats. Um, all right. Let's go Let's go over to our best moment from uh, from last year. And there was a... There was a couple pretty cool moments here. So, let's, let's pick a second and, and go through them all. Um, the first one, yeah. the nomination number one here, was the moment in Dragon Quest, your story, when we find out that the whole thing is actually a game being played by some dude in a VR arcade, and uh, it's like super meta and so fourth weird. wall breaking. This fucked me up watching it. It made what I thought was like kind of a boring movie, like at least kind of crazy in the end so uh it it stands out on that alone it was it was wild yeah so that's nomination number one <laughs> nomination number two gooey i'm gonna have to hear you describe how this happened um i'm just gonna let you run <laughs> oh, with this like, i don't even know how well it's from silent hill which there's a lot of like there's a lot of actually like fucked up horrifying moments in that like, I remember that hallway scene with the blind nurses or like that crazy guy who's like all fucked up <laughs> coming after. Her. I don't know. But in this, the 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 kind of climax of the movie is when a uh, dark Alessa or whatever her name is goes nuts 
on all the people in the church, including, I think, her mom. And uh, <laughs> she gets, uh, well, torn apart by barbed wire, but it also goes up. Where the sun don't shine. Uh, in Where the sun don't <laughs> shine. And... And it's, it's, and stuff, and she just starts, like, blood is gushing out. It's absolutely horrifying. But, and, and you just think, like, that's, that's already so fucked up and, and disgusting. But then it eventually rips her completely in half and she explodes. And it's, uh, yeah, it's one of the nastiest things I've ever seen. And it's a great climax to this movie. It was fucked up. Um, we have it jotted down in our notes here as barbed wire fucks evil lady. So that's, I think that's a pretty good descriptor, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a li- it's a little excessive for it's, sure. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty insane. Uh, so that's nomination number two. Nomina- nomination number three. God, we're sorry for this. How did this get How, in here? You know what? How did this get? I don't in know. Here? I. I I, I'm not sure how this snuck its way in, but here it is. Uh, for all for all two of you out there that have seen the Far Cry movie, and that includes Gooey and I, since we're the only two that watched it, there is this awful, awful moment, which is actually kind of awesome, but really just awful, when the the main character and his female companion, who and the female companion at this point has kind of been built up as like this smart, intelligent, independent woman, and they get into this cabin, and he's like let's cuddle to stay warm. And she's like, okay. And he's like, let's take our clothes off. And she's like, okay. And then they just do the nasty. And it's, it, it's even more awkward than I have just described it. They, yeah. And they have no chemistry. I don't think. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the most cringeworthy <laughs> scenes for sure. It's truly, truly awful, but maybe we're just broken. And we put an awful moment like that into our best moment. I don't know. What does that say about us? It was a memorable moment. I'll give it that. Well, there you go. Um, Another memorable moment is our fourth nomination here. Resident Evil Extinction. Goo, I'm going to let you take this one away. But we have a return of a fan favorite here. Yes, a fan favorite. Um, A lot of of great moments. A lot of great shocking moments in RE3. But I think uh, one of the biggest ones was... It was like returning back to the very first movie when Alice is, you know, kind of reliving it and everything that the, there's the return of the laser grid from the original Resident Evil. Oh. And I popped so hard. It was like seeing one of your favorite characters come back. <laughs> like basically one of the only things I really liked in the first one coming back. It, yeah, this this was awesome. That. That was my favorite part of the first movie, um, and I was about to say it was my favorite part of Resident Evil Three, but I don't know that that's true actually. I'm, but I'll I'll save that until we get to it later. Yeah. So, but it it was incorporated yes. into the best part of this movie. So. Yeah. 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 So that is uh, that is moment nomination number four, and nomination number five. We kind of scraped the bottom of the barrel here, but. Uh, it, it was kind of fucked up when all those UFOs appeared in Animal Crossing in like this cute, charming movie. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a UFO and like this seagull hops out. That was kind of fucked up. Right. It didn't, it, it didn't have the same 
staying power as like the Dragon Quest one because that was so out of nowhere. Yep. <laughs> but uh, it was, yeah, it's pretty memorable still. Uh, yeah, that was bonkers. So let's uh, let's do it. Let's let's go through them one more time and we'll declare the winner. So the best moment nominations are Dragon Quest, your story going super meta, Silent Hills, Barbed Wire, fucking the evil lady, uh, the Far Cry awful cabin <laughs> cuddle scene, the laser grids returning in Resident Evil 3, and the UFO appearing out of nowhere in Animal Crossing. And the winner is... <laughs> Look, it can't go to anything else other than the laser grid corridor Absolutely. scene. Yeah. That was incredible. I... I leapt out of my seat when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, that was uh that was a sick moment. The the only thing that I think could have competed with it for me was Dragon Quest because that was so bonkers, but that was like that wasn't sure, a yeah. good moment. Or maybe it was. I'm not sure. But this this is a good moment seeing that no. laser grid come back. That was cool. It um yeah, and I'll I think I said this in the episode, but like the whole like way they tied in kind of that first movie and stuff like it made me like retroactively like like the first movie a little bit more just because I, I even said like in the fight in the end like it felt like like a conclusion to something that really wasn't a good overarching story mm-hmm. <laughs> and the grid is the grid is emblematic of that i think that i have liked the uh, the predecessing Resident Evil movie more after every new Resident Evil movie that we've watched. Like, I think that the first one is actually like kind of decent yeah. now looking back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Hey. All right, let's keep it going here. Best adaptation. And uh, we had some, this was a really strong category actually, because we had a couple animated mm-hmm. films that just like really nailed the aesthetic and the tone and how you think those characters would sound. But we also had a couple live action films that did the exact same thing while obviously kind of, you know, jumping over the hurdles and the challenges that come with doing a live action adaptation. So here we go. Let's uh, let's scroll through them here. Nomination number one, Animal Crossing. And this this was Mm -hmm. spectacularly spot on. It wasn't like it was in the same graphical style, but it wasn't like Pokemon, for example, where it's literally just anime and like anybody can do that. So. I feel like um, the Animal Crossing movie, the animation really, really did a good job making it match the aesthetic of the game. Yeah, and and not just the look of it, but the sound. And then I know, I know, like we kind of differ on whether it's good or not, but like it also has like kind of a slice of life feel to the mm-hmm. story, which is totally what that game is. So like it's it's on like o- almost every level that it kind of you know captures the game yeah totally um and and you know what even if even if i'm not a big fan of the slice of life thing you're totally right like that is animal crossing and it just really really nailed that down um so yeah that's nomination number one nomination number two silent hill and this one was a little bit tougher for me because i've had i've never really played silent hill but this movie was very very atmospheric and uh especially Mm. the parts where they were in like hell or whatever the silent realm was or whatever that was that was very cool yeah i yeah neither of us are like silent hill fans so like it was hard to put it on but and i've heard mixed things like um 
like it seems like the movie changed some things that like certain people didn't like but then also i watched it with our buddy Mossy's, and he's a big fan and he he at least said it kind of captures the atmosphere and stuff like that pretty well mm-hmm. despite things being changed and so i thought i and i really enjoyed the movie so i thought it you know it deserved to be on here for at least um trying to capture some of the essence of the game right whereas i feel like some movies shy away from it yeah totally um all right let's keep it going professor layton is our third nomination and this one was kind of like Pokemon where I was talking about. This is literally a one for one. So it, in some ways, it's almost unfair to even call it an adaptation because it's like <laughs> an anime and it's a it's its own story and it's set in like it looks exactly the same. But, um, it, you know, you, you can't deny what a great job they did. All the characters sound exactly alike. Um, it's got that latent feel to it, I feel like. Uh, there And there wasn't any gimmicks like there are in some of the... The newer Pokemon movies were like they have these ridiculous 3D shots and stuff like that. So this one was this one was really working. It was simple but effective. And and you know it had uh there was some puzzling to it too. So like you kind of were engaged with the story a little bit on that level too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, Professor Layton uh, is nomination number three. Nomination number four. Laura Croft Tomb Raider and man this one uh <laughs> I, I feel like they really they really nailed Laura which is so important to do um mm-hmm. if they hadn't have done that it wouldn't have felt like a, a true adaptation but the the star power of Angelina Jolie I think really helped get this one uh get this one over and like the whole kind of look and aesthetic of it really to me like again not being a huge Tomb Raider guy that was just like, okay, I could totally see a Tomb Raider game taking place in these like caverns and like with this cool gadgets and stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it does. It too has, it sort of really captures the aesthetic of, and I know it's made in this time, but of a video game from that era. Like there's a lot of like kind of ridiculous music that you would totally hear if if you won't back, went back and watched like an E3 highlight reel from the year this came out, <laughs> it would have like the exact same music that's like, you know, like, uh, so like, I, I like that too. Cause it, I, I'm not exactly like totally into Tomb Raider. Not, I just don't know it that well, but I, I do recognize like early two thousands video game culture when I see it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and you know what, this one, this one was just really fun. And that is, you know, in their own way, the new Tomb Raider games and even the new Tomb Raider movie are also fun, but um, in, a, in a different way. This is like a much more action-y, sexy yeah. kind of fun. So I feel like this did a really good job of, of you know, capturing that. Um, mm-hmm. So nomination number five here goes to Dragon Quest, Your Story. And once again... Um, the, the visuals just look spot on, but this is like basically a, a literal adaptation, almost beat for beat of Dragon Quest number five until you get to the big reveal at the end. So I do like that they so faithfully um, adapted that story only to kind of pull the rug out from under us. So this one, this one also worked for me and the animation mm-hmm. looked really awesome. I mean, the story was kind of what it was up until the the big reveal. It was a little bit bland maybe but uh it looked good at least yeah i think it was faithful like like 
to its own detriment. Like, because there was so much of the story they were kind of cramming in there that I never got hooked on anything. Mm-hmm. So I will say it's like, it's like really does up until the end there have like a lot of that source material, it seems, but it just, it's too much, I think, for this kind of light kids movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that. Um, all right. So one more time for best adaptation, we got Animal Crossing, Silent Hill, Professor Layton, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, and Dragon Quest, Your Story, the winner of the prestigious VTA for Best Adaptation is Animal Crossing. Congrats, yeah. Animal Crossing. Yeah, it, like, it was uh, faithful on every level, like we said. And including the UFO, because I do think that there's UFOs in Animal Crossing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and some, and some of them, I, we had to look that up because we're not... I've played I've played most of them, but I I hadn't experienced a UFO, so I must have missed some of those. Oh man! Uh, well, let's uh, let's keep moving right in to our next award. We have the Geralt of Rivia Most Roll Tide Award. Yeah, and uh, you guys all know what time it is. You know what that means. Uh, so we were gonna put <laughs> our boy Geralt in this uh, this category, but we put our heads together and we were like, all right. So Geralt won last year. If if he's going in this year, he's probably going to win again. And we have Ep- The Witcher Season 2 to look forward to. So he's just going to dominate this year after year. So instead, we just officially named the category after him. And we're giving some new blood uh, a chance to win the most Roll Tide here. Yeah, we've retired his, uh, his number. <laughs> yeah, it went up to the rafters here. So uh, let's let's break <laughs> it down and let's go through... And uh, crown our second ever Geralt of Rivia most Roll Tide Award. And maybe fittingly, since we put, couldn't put Geralt in, uh, we're putting his partner in crime, Yennefer, from The Witcher as nomination yeah. number one. And she literally sells her soul to be hot. So, I don't know what that says. <laughs> it, yeah, it was worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. and, they, and, you know, maybe it's... Uh, well, no, it's fine, but, like, she has that smoldering chemistry with a uh, Geralt that, so yeah, definitely smoldering did we put uh <laughs> did we put either Dastan or uh what's her face in our awards last year for Roll Tide I, I don't think we did I think we put what's her face maybe all right that that was that this could easily be checked yeah. but well let's uh let's keep it going here the second nomination for uh most Roll Tide goes to one Mr shirtless detective groski he's already won one award can he take home two at the vtas and you remember groski what i'm talking about here he had his like eight pack going on mustache was going crazy he's fighting sharks he's climbing boats was he shirtless i didn't remember that Pretty sure he was shirtless i I think so I, i thought he just had like his crazy chest popping out of his shirt well i mean he might as well be shirtless if he's got that gimmick going on right yeah yeah you could you could see a lot let's yeah, just say so uh shirtless groski is uh his nomination number he had two. a nice he had a nice set of cans <laughs> uh nomination number three for most roll tide goes to the queen of roll tide miss laura croft in uh laura croft tomb raider this movie was yeah, you don't even gotta say oh, you know if this movie was literally built on Angelina Jolie being like just an absolute 20 out of 10 
And uh, I, I think that yeah. that movie is is the better <laughs> That's for half it. Half the reason. Yeah, but though apparently her uh, her chest size was not right, according to some. <laughs> I, I forgot about. Can you can you believe that? What a what a goof. We spent a lot of time on her episode talking That's about. That's right. Um, her her bust. Yeah, her qualifications. Yes. I guess. What yeah. a what. Give your head a shake. Like, what a goof. Only a, only the world's biggest, like, jabroni would, would say that. She, her her role tightness carries thought, that movie. I thought they weren't polygonal enough, but that was just me. <laughs> uh, all right. So nomination number four here goes to Alice from Resident Evil 3. And her uh, yeah. her duster that she's got going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, M- Mila Jovovich is a is a babe, you know. You know what? I uh, I watched The Fifth Element the other night actually, and and I can confirm that. Yeah, I mean, she's she's like a was like a model, wasn't she? Or am I making that up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I could see that. Yeah, she. Uh, I think. I think so. I think she's got the qualifications. I, I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't a big fan of the duster. I know. We yeah, we debated about that. I thought her look was pretty cool, though. I think they did actually. Did she ever get like more unclothed in that movie? Other than uh, like in the beginning, she's got the dress from the first movie. But I feel like in the first and second one, they had her be a bit more like scantily clad. You know what I mean? Whereas in this one, she was, I mean, they're out in the desert and right. she's like, you know, got her desert gear on. So I, th- I thought she had a cool look. Um, I, I don't remember it from the second movie because all I can think of was Jill and how like she was like in her video game getup, which is like <laughs> yeah, kind of cool, but also kind of ridiculous, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. It was great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember if she does or not. I kind of, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like they took her a little. They, they it was less like over the top sex appeal in this yeah. one. Yeah, well, I mean, how sexy is a desert going to be, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got all that sand, and it gets yeah. everywhere. Uh, we hate sand. Uh, all right, let's keep it going. Our last nomination goes to the virtual Miss a Doctor, actually Aki Ross <laughs> from Final Fantasy: The Spirits yeah, doctor, Within, please. and she is the first fictional character i believe to uh to grace the cover of maxim so that tells you everything that you need to know right there <laughs> she had a nice yeah she had a nice hot bikini cover photo <laughs> there <laughs> i feel like uh she's looking pretty nice yeah, yeah. um she was uh you know what i mean she wasn't she wasn't rocking that thing during the movie she's full-on combat like gotta save the world get to business which actually i, I appreciate yeah no no, we're talking about the uh, the actress Aki Ross. There's no Aki Ross. Well, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah. Well, they they were going to remember they were going to pitch her as like a like she could appear in other oh, movies, yeah, but yeah, as a different that's character. Right. Uh, I she was like a virtual actor. Can you, can you imagine? That's that's so messed up. Although I could see that happening. Um, it's gonna happen now. Yeah, be ready to see. Uh, Mark Hamill show up in some more stuff even beyond his God passing. Um, help me out. Who who voices Aki Ross? Because she's also Chung Lee in Street Fighter the movie. Ming Na Wen. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Hmm. 
who who is a yeah a stunning beauty yes yeah stunning beauty that's a that's a great descriptor that's uh that's that's good right there uh we should give a, a rest in peace also to our boy alucard we had him in here and then we booted him out because we forgot about aki ross so yeah we were thinking of he's you it's okay if you like kind of like you know like what do you what do you want to call him slender emo boys yeah, or whatever he's kind of got like the pale goth gimmick going on um he's a he's a slender it, it works yeah. all right <laughs> he'll he'll have his he'll he'll be back. you know i i think trevor is actually a little bit in kind of the gruff way i think he's kind of a little bit more attractive but we can litigate that a different year i, I guess. think that uh oh god now i can't remember his name hector actually is, is pretty roll tied <laughs> all right we got a ranking going you, i mean you could do like a, a castlevania like ranking right there that's a whole episode but uh, that's neither here nor there Let's go through the uh, the nominations for the Geralt of Rivia Most Rolled Tide Award one last time, and then let's declare the winner. We have Yennefer, Shirtless Grosky, Laura Croft, <laughs> Dusty Alice, and Aki Ross. Goo, would you like to do the honors? I mean, do we even have to say it? <laughs> well, I feel like no, but I feel like it's, we do. I feel like next year, even, uh, we got to call this the Geralt of Rivia and Laura Croft most roll tide award yeah. because that that was the obvious choice. obvious and we spent so much time in our Tomb Raider episode talking about just like what an absolute like like Angelina Jolie was so hot at that time and I'm not talking just like she's like physically <laughs> hot I mean she's like she's hot like her star power hot is hot everything you know? is just boiling around her good god roll tide yeah and I, I feel like she joins the canon with with Geralt. Like, yeah, they're just they're just out there up in the heavens, you know, looking down on can, us. Can you imagine looking nice? Can you imagine Geralt of Rivia meets Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Oof. <laughs> what is this? Uh, I see you're uh, working on your fanfic yeah. there. That's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Virtual theater only fans is where that's at. Um Let's, Jesus, let's move on. Uh, let's get over to the most badass fight from the last year. And there was a ton of really awesome fights that uh, we we had to, to pick through and sift from. And then we ended up with five. So let's get right to it. Uh, nomination number one. We have Dusty Alice versus Dr. Isaacs slash Tyrant from Resident Evil 3. This is a great fight, of course. It had the the laser grid mm. coming back, like we talked about earlier. Uh, so sad. Everybody in this is is an awesome character. So this was this was good stuff. Yeah, the tyrant and Isaacs was built up so well. I think in the movie that you were just like you were like, let's go, let's see this. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. So that was uh, that's nomination number one. Nomination number two. We have got the opening for uh, Tomb Raider here with Laura Croft versus the robot. And to be honest, we could have put a couple fight scenes from uh, from Tomb Raider in here. Like the one where she's on that, that like, um, what the hell is that called? That bungee rope thing? That was pretty cool. But there's something about yeah. this robot while she's just listening to music was really, it's really great. That's like how they, they opened up the movie with that too. And it was, it was just an exciting intro too. And he had the music going. Yeah, it was it was exciting. Uh, nomination number three, 
we have Geralt of Rivia and Yennefer defending the uh, the dragon eggs uh, in episode, I want to say this episode number seven or six. And uh, yeah. it's the only time that we really get to see the two fight together. They're making a mess out of, I think it was a bunch of dwarves or something like that. And uh, these guys were kicking all kinds of behind. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That was that was one where it's like the whole season had a lot of fun fight scenes. So it was it was hard to pick one. Yeah, it was hard to narrow it down. Uh, what wasn't hard to narrow down, this is the best fight scene of the movie by and large, was Charizard versus Entei from <laughs> Pokemon the movie number three. This was actually a turbocharged fight. We had the huge return of Charizard. Uh, that popped me. This was a good this is a good brawl. I liked this fight. Yeah, what made it what made it really good was and I, I don't even know like the overall story of the anime, but you get this idea that Charizard is like off now, not with Ash. He's like in Charizard land or whatever. <laughs> and then he like he like I forget how he finds out, but he like shows up in yeah. the movie and you're like, Hell yeah, Charizard's <laughs> Charizard here to throw was like down. watching the news or something, or another Charizard told him or something. <laughs> He got an email. He was watching the Charizard News <laughs> Network. <laughs> his, his Blackberry went off. Ash is in trouble. Um, yeah, that was a sick fight, though. That was great. Um, and our last nomination here, the climax of Castlevania Season 2. Of course, the big brawl. Dracula, Trevor, Sypha, Alucard. We've got our three heroes going against Dracula in just a brutal Dragon brawl across Dracula's castle. This was uh, this was pretty freaking intense. This is kind of like a whole. It was like a whole episode of fat fighting, I believe, if I'm remembering it correctly. Pretty close because it's like, yeah, I mean they're not long episodes, so it was like in a normal because it had this whole big like kind of you know giant battle feeling, and so like the story is told over multiple episodes and there's just like big chunks of entire episodes that are just, that's just like this fight, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was um, pretty right. sick. Yeah. So let's, and you had, we didn't have it in best moments, but uh, like you had the ending kind of with um, Dracula and stuff like that was, that was even better actually than the fight was kind of the conclusion and everything. Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree. I think that the the fight was awesome, the ending was awesome, the impact that it had, the toll that it took on everybody was awesome. Um, there's there's a lot of really good stuff to like in that fight for sure. Um, all right, let's run through them here. We have got uh, the best fight of the year going to uh, either Alice versus Isaac's, Laura versus the robot. Uh, the Dragon Egg defense from the Witcher, Charizard versus Entei, or Trevor Siphon Alucard versus Dracula. And the winner is... <laughs> it is going to Castlevania for having such an epic knockdown dragout fight, as you say. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. These are all really good fights, but like the thing that makes... Uh, the Dracula fight stick out is it's like the emotion of it. And just the, it's, it's a, it's the climax of this story that's been building up. But like, man, what a, the fight in a yeah. vacuum was awesome. The moment surrounding the fight made it even better. Um, the animation was great that you could see the toll the animation looked oh. really cool. Yeah. Good stuff. 
Oh yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go to our next word. This is returning from last year, and uh, there's no real mm. there's no real um, uh, definition for this award. We just kind of we we <laughs> kind of just give it to the movies that we feel gave off some good vibes here. So the good vibe award nominations for this year are the creepiness of Silent Hill. Maybe we shouldn't have said good vibe, but like cool vibes. Appropriate vibes, you know? <laughs> right. The vibe, yeah, just, there are vibes. Strong vibes. Yeah, definitely. And Silent Hill was very creepy, so it definitely deserves to be in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the very sci-fi-ness of Final Fantasy Spirits Within, uh, not sure that a lot of people, when they think of Final Fantasy, think of, like, hardcore sci-fi, but this movie was like, fuck it, that we're doing sci-fi. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I liked it just for how unique it was, definitely. Uh of course we gotta talk about the the charming uh vibes of Animal Crossing. This is exactly like the game. You can just put it on, you can feel good, you can feel comfortable, relaxed watching this movie. You don't really have to pay attention to it. I think it was again a perfect adaptation of the game, so the charmingness of Animal Crossing is in the good vibes uh nomination. <laughs> All right, next up the uh, in the nominations for Good Vibes, we got the mystery, or the mysteriousness, I guess, of Professor Layton and how uh, it really did, like, challenge you to use your brain and do some puzzles while you were watching it, but it was still, uh, <laughs> it was still pretty, like, easy to, to follow and, like, get along with. So I, I dug this a lot about the movie. Yeah. There was a lot of good, like, whimsical vibes, too, and... Um, and some of the, some of the subject matter was like a little bit heavier than I expected. So that was kind of cool too. Like it wasn't like ultra deep, but you know, we're talking about like, there's some dark stuff. Some of the characters are doing that I did not expect. Yeah, totally. Um, and last but not least, we have got, we called it the James Bondness <laughs> of Lara Croft Tomb Raider. And uh, I mean, what can you say? Right. You had you had Laura wheeling guys. You had uh, gizmos being made for her. Good stuff. And the E uh, three presentation, Laura Croft vibes. I would also say too. Uh, yeah, and I, I just kind of it it's rocking. not James Bondish, but I loved him like that. Uh, the the thing in the second temple came alive and it looked like so cheesy and and awful but like kind of awesome too that was good stuff oh yeah that was a little like mummy ish yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, all right the good vibes award nominations once again are the creepiness of silent hill the sci-fi-ness of final fantasy the charmingness of animal crossing the mysteriousness of professor layton and the james bondness of Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Goo, who's that award going to? You know, as I look at this, I realize it's mostly the same nominees as the uh, best adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, we're giving this to the James Bond, Laura Croft vibes. Yep. Can't, and don't give away our secrets like that. Who cares? I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't notice this till oh, now. Man, I didn't really notice it. Till Everyone you pointed it out either, that. to be honest. <laughs> there, w- but uh, yeah, I gotta. We gotta commend them for making uh just a fun movie. And you know, we there's no way that 
I don't know where else you'd mention this, but that YouTube video that came, that went along with the oh, movie. Oh yeah. Uh, just had it had sort of that vibe too. And you know what? You two also, uh, Bono and the Edge composed the Goldeneye theme song. So did they really? Maybe there's something there. Wow. Yes, they 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 composed it and uh, Tina Turner sang it. But yeah, so they they've had their hands in many uh many secret. I guess she's not a spy. She's like an archaeologist, but they've been there right. before. And you know what? You you can't say about you two that they phoned it in for that video. A lot of people, when they're making a, no, a movie video, will just like shoot them performing and then like insert clips of the movie. But that ain't what you two did. No, music videos used to be way sicker in general too. But yeah. I think they they really didn't phone it in. Yeah, they they did a heck of a job, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's number two for uh, for Laura Croft Tomb Raider here. Uh, so good, good on them. Good on Laura. Cleaning up. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's take a U turn here and go to the shittiest character of the year. <laughs> so, oh no, we we did watch a few stinkers, unfortunately, and we tried to be fair and we tried to give a nomination to everything, but not everything was even okay. Some of it was just real bullshit, so we had to create an award that reflected that bullshit, and here we are. We've got the shittiest characters of the year, <laughs> so let's just let's just wade in and get right to it. Uh, our first nomination for shittiest character is Shitman himself <laughs> from Hitman. <laughs> yeah, um, this guy absolutely I, sucked. I hated this. And it was it was Timothy Oliphant who played him, who I I just I. I like him or whatever, but like he just didn't. It's not like his character was bad, but also like he just. I hated looking at him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think he looked good. I, I don't think he's right for the Agent 47 character at all. Like, not because his. I feel like he could act it right, but uh, there's something about his face that's just. At his face with a bald head, it doesn't. It doesn't work for me. Well, that, that's fair enough. I just like. I remember the conversations he kept on having with that girl. And like, after everything he said, I was just like, Jesus, this guy sucks. Yeah. And he, yeah, he just sucked too. Yeah. It's not a good, not a good portrayal. He was, he was awful. Yeah. He was, he was truly terrible. Um, we'll see if he's the most terrible here as we keep going down the list. Uh, I didn't even bother to look up any of their names. We've got Christian Slater from alone in the dark what a shithole movie that was. You know what? We we went out of our way to defend our boy, <laughs> yeah. Uwe Boll, on this show, but he did us dirty a couple times this year, I, I gotta say. He 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 did he did us double dirty this year. Yep. After, like, I... I mean, okay. You hear all the things over the years about how he makes these awful shitty movies, and then we watched one of them, and it was, but, like, we had a blast, you know? And so we're going into this year, like, giving him, uh, we watch one and it's so disappointing. It's like, okay, we got to do another. And it's just so, they're just so bland yeah. and they have their moments, but overall they're just like, ugh. Uh, it's not, it's not like the character, the characters in House of the Dead were also shitty, but they were also, they were, fun, they were good shitty you know? though. Like you had shit guy and you had, uh, shit guy rock. <laughs> yeah. You had the girl who was making like like soft dick jokes and stuff like that. Like that that was Captain good shit. Kirk. 
fucking own. Oh, and you know, we might as well just throw nomination number three for shittiest character in this conversation, too. We've got the guy from Far Cry, who also sucks. <laughs> um, I, yeah. And I think, I don't think it was, like, I think the actor in that, too, like, actually, so far, the three people we've named, I think, are all like serviceable to good actors like they've been in other things that are good oh yeah and they've given great performances in oh i mean but, i just finished watching mr robot <laughs> christian slater is fantastic christian slater is great yeah it's so it's like you would just i don't know like sometimes we watch some of these movies and the actors and i'm not going to blame any of these actors but like you're you're at least pleasantly surprised cuz they like overcome what they're given you know but that i think these characters were all so shitty that they couldn't even do that yep yep and it is clear for some of them like christian slater he was just taking a paycheck i, I <laughs> you think know, the, like, he you was... could say the same thing about Shitman too oh yeah 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 uh far car guy was probably happy to be in something you know, I, I think he was, was just he, shitty. he at least like tried to be charming in a way it's just he was like truly truly awful at it he uh he he had his funny like some of the awful like he did at times do what i i hoped where it was like he was giving something awful and he made it kind of funny but it just it was too much it was too much yeah yeah um the dude him him constantly hammering down like like how was i on a scale of one to ten (laughs) <laughs> like that was so brutal. Yeah. Uh, oh god. All right, well let's let's move on from our um holy trinity here of of shit characters and get to the other two nominations who aren't quite as shitty but they're still pretty shitty. Um we've got Wesker from Resident Evil 3 next up in the running and this guy was the absolute drizzling shits. He, he was even worse for having <laughs> such a great villain already in the movie. You didn't need Wesker. I hated him. I hated the way he looked. Good, thank goodness that they, they recast him for all the movies going forward because the pudgy guy that played him okay, was not working. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I I thought that yeah, you didn't need to have a character here. It would have been better as like the shadowy Umbrella Corporation and Isaac's going against them. But instead, you had you just you had to have this character it would have been better as a tease or something in the end but even the look is still so bad i thought he looked like like a discount m&m or something (laughs) oh that's that's actually depressingly pretty spot on (laughs) yeah it was rough like i don't know i i try they just tried too hard to make him look like not even look like Wesker. I don't know. I don't. It was very try hard. Was his look? I will say it was fucking horrible. All right. Speaking of fucking horrible, we've got Tara Reed from Alone in the Dark as our final nomination. Mm-hmm. We're double dipping into Alone in the Dark to to to, to truly get the bottom of the shit barrel here uh, into this category. Tara Reed was she was really bad. Her character was bad. Um. It was written badly for her, so she, it's not entirely her fault, but... I, I could never, yeah, I could never blame someone for being bad. Yeah, exactly. In an Uwe Boll movie, because you hear... Like, we read 
even I think back in House of the Dead, like some quote of him talking about Tara Reid or whatever, and it, he just sounds like an asshole. So it's like I, of course, like how are you? How are you going to get a good performance out of anyone? Yeah, unless they probably like there's like somehow like a a masochist or whatever (laughs) um you know what i this this maybe isn't fair what i'm about to say but i'm I'm gonna say it anyways like talk about miscasting someone you know what i mean like I, I don't mean to speak ill of, of Tara Reid. I'm sure that she is, like, uh, wickedly... Obviously, she's, like, you know, has more money than I'll ever have, but... She she has made a, a career out of now being in shitty movies, yeah. like, and that's her gimmick. So, and, and but it's it's based on the fact that, like, like, it works... She's, like, kind of the perfect person for it because, like, I don't know, she's not great. <laughs> right. Say. So, you're gonna, like... You've casted this girl who we know from playing kind of an airhead in American Pie and all of these like shit ass movies. And now she's like this brilliant scientist in your movie. It was like literally impossible to take that seriously from the get go. So like she was fucked from, you know, before she even got on screen, at least to me. Yeah. I mean, it was probably just like the name that he could get. So it was like boom, you know. Hi. But I'm I'm not can I like again, I don't I I can't speak. I I don't know if I could blame her, but I also don't know if yeah, if she has that sort of range. <laughs> yep. I I am with you. Um all right. I've only ever seen her be the butt of a joke. <laughs> let's let's crown the shittiest character of the year. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. So on the nominees again, uh, we've got uh, Tara Reid and Christian Slater from Alone in the Dark. We've got the guy from <laughs> Far Cry. We've got Wesker, and we've got Shitman himself. Goo, who's going <laughs> home with the trophy? It's in the name. Shitman. Shitman. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yeah, yeah, He's he was pretty rough. I think with Far Cry guy, and, and maybe this is kind of worse but i remember like talking a lot in the episode of like what bummed me about it most was like a lot of the writing in it it felt like uve trying to make like a big blockbuster like fun goofy action movie because like there's a lot of like jokes and whatever that the characters say but they're just so bland you know it's less like house of the dead where it's like what everyone's saying is like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, they would say that in a movie like this. Where but so maybe that's worse, but like Shitman was just like aggressive to watch. Like I just hated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean he was he was horrible. That movie was horrible. Uh the whole thing was horrible. It was it was horrible. What else can you say? What else can you say? I'm hoping I'm hoping uh, the Agent 47 movie is better. Um, if he was a character, I think I would have given the the shittiest character award though to Uwe Boll because he fucked us twice this year. And that's like after we like honored him yep. with with the name of one of the awards. Yep, that's right. and we still have that. By the way, uh, as we're gonna get to later. Um, yeah, what what were we thinking? I don't know, but he he did us dirty twice. 
But uh, maybe we're just gluttons for punishment. I don't know. I'm pretty uh, sure that blood rain is yeah. gonna rule though. But maybe we're maybe we're just setting yeah. ourselves up for failure with that too. We're we're crawling back <laughs> for more. Like, please, sir. Well, maybe postal will be good. Oh god. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's move on from the shit and get back to the best category. Uh, let's go to the best visuals here. I'm gonna quickly run through them because I feel like this is kind of a no brainer. Um, nomination number one: Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. What a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Uh, nomination number two, Animal Crossing. Uh, nomination number three, Dragon Quest, Your Story. Nomination number four, Professor Layton. And nomination number five, we have Console Wars, the documentary that we watched, which did have a lot of really cool kind of like pixel art uh, transitional shots and, and stuff like that. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, those were fun. And that, that one was kind of on the edge of like, we probably weren't going to talk about it in our other movies. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is like maybe the best place to give it a nod. And, and just to like, I mean, it's, they had all the like cool archival footage and stuff too. So that was kind of fun to see all, all like the Sega ads and the Nintendo ads from the time. Like, so yeah, it was fun to see some of that stuff. Yeah, totally. It was it was great. Uh, what was that band called that Nintendo hired? Like the Pierce Nipples or something? Uh, butthole Surfers and and Sweaty. Nipples. Oh, Roll Tide to the but- They should have been the most Roll <laughs> Both Tide. Both of award. which rock. <laughs> Shout out to the yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's crown the winner. Uh, far and away, as far as I'm concerned, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Wins for best visuals. What an absolute stunning movie. <laughs> that was like the whole point of the movie was, yeah, how visual it was. <laughs> yeah, and, and it looks it looks great. It looks totally awesome. Um, so there you go, Final Fantasy. All right, speaking of the man himself, Uwe Boll. The Uwe Boll Director Award for Best Director. And uh, Mr. Boll is not nominated this year, despite us watching two of his movies. Uh, that tells you everything you need to know. But who is nominated is one, Mr. Christopher Gans for directing Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a combination of some of the things we said before, but uh, I think I think he did a great job with um, bringing the game to life and, like, or just even on its own, making kind of an interesting movie. And you had, uh, I liked kind of the... I don't know. There was just a lot of nice little touches that they had, like going between the the real world and the hell world, and um, the the uh, like. They worked with the uh, original Silent Hill composer to make some great scores and stuff like that. And I think he really um, actually did have a vision for this movie. It felt it felt like you know they tried. <laughs> yeah, th- there you go. Very. Very atmospheric movie, and I feel like when your when your movie is atmospheric, I feel like your director has done a good job. So yeah, yeah, and this is this is a very very atmospheric movie. So that's nomination number one. Speaking of atmospheric, uh, we kind of cheated here because he didn't direct it, but he did produce and have the like. I guess he directed the overall vision. Uh, we got Warren Ellis from Castlevania season two, and uh, yeah, what a you know, you want to talk about atmospheric, uh, kind of like we talked about earlier with the 
with the fight scenes. It was just shot so wickedly. Um, I, I feel like each character had uh, a very important like arc and a, an important moment. Nobody felt left behind. Um, just really, really good stuff. And and it would have been easy, I think, to to get complacent after season one, but they did a really good job in season two. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff we said last year still applies. Like, it just has all these different elements from all the games and all these characters, and it it really feels like a great adaptation of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, nomination number three, uh, Hironobu Sagaguchi for Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Uh, again, just really slick directing. It couldn't have been easy. I think to to direct this movie, I think that it would have been really hard, especially with kind of all this like outside pressure from that the movie was facing from all of Hollywood about its CGI mm-hmm. actors and actresses and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think that they did a good job. Well, they stayed the course and they made the movie that they wanted to make, and it was and it was a cool like niche sci fi movie. And he had um, I mean it's worth saying that like he he created Final Fantasy. And he had made, you know, all these games that people loved up up through, you know, seven or whatever at this point. And he probably there was probably a lot of pressure to, like, translate that. And and he definitely got a lot of, you know, there was like a lot of people didn't like the movie. So I can only imagine that uh, that was hard to deal with because I know he I think that's like the last thing he did before he. Uh, left square was like make this box office bomb yeah <laughs> so uh, but i don't think i don't think it's because the like i think the movie was like pretty good actually and i think it had we didn't talk about this but like um it, we, this could have actually been in best adaptation i think even though it was so distinct because it had a lot of like themes and like the heart of at least from you know, some of the Final Fantasy games I've had experience with that are like connect, you know. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I uh I think that it's hard to put Final Fantasy into best adaptation because they're all so vastly different. And the things that really mm. tie the games together are like strictly gameplay kind of mechanics. Like they all have Phoenix Downs or they all have Moogles or they all have and I guess I guess you could have brought in some of that over to the movie, but I I am glad that it didn't, and I and I like that it's different and stands on its own. So, um, yeah. yeah. All right, nomination. You can tell. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say you can tell like some of the things he thinks about when he makes these games. Like, there's this whole es- like life force essence and uh stuff like that that and like technology versus uh humanity or like the earth Gaia and stuff like that like you can tell he's thinking about that when he's making this movie too so similar kind of just similar to some like something like Silent Hill or whatever where it's just like I feel like you can feel some intent being put into the movie as opposed to just like I don't know you know uh, and and if you know me, you know that I'm all about that like humanity versus machine shit I, I eat that stuff up so sure, I, I yeah. like that um, all right, let's keep it going and let's get to nomination number four, Mr. Russell Mulcahy. Is that how we say his name? I can't remember. I think so. Mulcahy, Mulcahy. I don't know. Uh, well, let's just call him Russell. Sorry. So Russell <laughs> directed uh, Resident Evil 3 Extinction. Very different from what we've seen so far and a little bit more, a little bit more grounded almost. 
maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's still it it yeah, it felt like um felt like it had a more uh cohesive style, I would say. Um and it was more it was like less like it's less like trying to look and feel like the games, you know. Yeah. Like especially the other ones you had the lab and then you had um Raccoon City where this I kind of liked that it was like you've never really done the desert type thing in the games. And I think that was like a clear distinction to like go somewhere else. Yeah, it was very um it was very different and I think that as we go through the Resident Evil movies we'll appreciate this cuz it it makes it really stick out because i can i can imagine you know the potential is there for them to kind of blend together after a little while you know but like resident evil 3 is like the the desert one and like it's very it had a it had a distinct style i that style didn't necessarily work for me all the time but at least it had a style Mm -hmm. yeah totally and it you know we still had uh paul paul writing it and so he was bringing paul's script to life (laughs) If you know what, and so uh, if commendable, if Uve fucks us one more time next year, we're renaming this to the Paul Director Award. Yeah, because yeah, we've had I think so far our track record is starting to be a little bit better with him than Uve. Um, I mean, I, I mean, he's, I have he's so much clearly all the Resident Evil movies, but at least they're kind of fun in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we got AVP Roll Tide. That was that was a yeah, thumbs up, which whipped. Yeah. Um. All right, last nomination here for best. Uh, director goes to Simon West for Tomb Raider. Uh, again, what a what a fun movie it was. It was uh, very brisk. It was very sexy. Very. It was just a fun movie. Um, it uh, it it was always doing something. I feel like it was easy to follow, uh, and I and I appreciate that. And he got the best out of Angelina Jolie as Laura Croft being roll tied. And like, uh, I, I say that not even facetiously, like that was an important part of the movie is just like really amplifying Angelina Jolie. So yeah, Simon West, man. Yeah. He's, he's clearly competent. Like he, he's made some other great, some other great fun action flicks. And I think, uh, you can kind of really feel that here where it was like, I, there, it's clearly here less of like what we we're saying, what I'm thinking of, like with Final Fantasy or Silent Hill, where it's like I'm trying to bring like I'm trying to like communicate some feelings that I'm yeah. having. And this was more like, let's just make a fucking cool movie. And he made a cool movie. Oh, did he ever? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. He just wanted he wanted to go out there and put and put smiles on faces, Michael, by God. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, he put the butts in the seat. He, he did that. So shout out to you, Mr. West. All right, let's go through it one more time, and then you can give away this prestigious award, Goo. Nomination number one is Christopher Gans for Silent Hill. We have Warren Ellis for Castlevania Season 2. Hironobu Sagaguchi for Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Russell McKay for Resident Evil 3 Extinction, and Simon West for Tomb Raider. Who's it going to? This is going to Christopher Gans of Silent Hill. I think, uh, yeah, I think he really he really cared about uh, doing this adaptation, and um, he really, yeah, he just really had an eye. Um, the, there was a lot of great visuals in this, a lot of great moments, like, 
yeah, I don't know. And I, I think he really carried, it was just a great whole package in my, in my eyes. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely had style. It had character. Um, it wasn't forgettable. It was, uh, it was just very distinct. And I, and I appreciate that because, you know, one of the things that we have found doing this podcast is like video game movies aren't necessarily usually that bad. Some of them are just like mediocre and not very memorable and like, like a million other action movies or comedies, but like they kept, they have that tag on them where it's like, okay, well, because it's a video game movie and it wasn't very memorable or, or whatever, it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. Silent Hill was not that like it was uh, it, it was memorable and you can, you know, for I mean, for better or worse, like it sticks with you. Right. Yeah. And I love like Silent Hill, the game like they're like it was all cloudy looking and stuff because they like that was like part of the limitations at the time. And the series embraced that. And I like seeing that brought into the film world like there's obviously plenty of fog movies but like that just like anyone else like that might that probably just would have looked like ass you know but this this movie had a lot of great uh character and set designs and stuff like that and you know some of it's because it's brought from the game you know like he didn't he didn't invent pyramid head but he was smart enough to know like hey movies are probably better with pyramid head in them so you know, I think other the other directors should uh, learn from him and put Pyramid Head in their movies. That would be cool. I think more Pyramid Head would be good. <laughs> you know, what? he was good too. He didn't overexpose Pyramid Head, so now we want him to come back. Right. There was. I know some people expressed uh, they were kind of like bummed because Pyramid Head has like a very specific emotional character tie to a character in one of the games or whatever. But uh, you know, they they had that with other characters in this and i thought it was just cool to see pyramid head uh, hey roll tide for that um <laughs> so yeah congratulations uh mr gans for your vta yeah uh if you want to dm us uh we were totally down for that if you want to be on the show <laughs> yeah you can you can let us you can let our agents know uh we'll be sending you something in the mail shortly i i gotta say uh, i want to say we should sometime do a gans poll Okay. <laughs> um, because he is he has made at least two, uh, what look like kick ass action movies starring Mark DeCasco from, uh, John Wick Chapter Three and Double Dragon, uh, that look really kick ass, and I feel like it would be uh we could do a similar thing to the Paul Paul, and uh maybe explore some of that someday. Uh, so I'm just doing a quick little looksy do here, and he. He had the audacity to do a Beauty and the Beast movie in the same year that like Disney did their Beauty and the Beast, which I love. That that's wow. great. Yeah, what a fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a big dick move right there. Yeah. And it's probably is it like foreign? Is it because I know he's like a foreign director? Uh, I don't know, but it looks awful, and it it's got like no star. Oh. It, it yeah, it's uh, looking at it's, the cover. It says La Belle et la Bête. It's got Vincent Castle in it. I mean, okay, we're we're playing with power here. Actually, this looks kind of cool. Yes, I do. Uh, we've all right, all right. Gans pull. We've got Fury of the Demon, the Frankenstein complex. Fuck yeah, yeah. I'm down yeah, for that. This is gonna be a powerful new uh, director to explore. <laughs> uh, all right, let's 
Uh, speaking of non-video game movies, uh, let's we lumped everything that we watched together here into one big award, and uh, you know what? They're all winners in their own way because there actually wasn't a bad movie in this lot, and uh, this is really just a quick excuse to talk about them very briefly. But the best yeah. non-video game award uh, nominations are Tron, which of course we watched, and I think I think we all love Tron. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Tron. Uh, yeah, no, Tron is, uh, it's a classic for sure. And, but yeah, I don't know what to say about it other than it's, it's a classic and it's visually stunning. I would love to cover Tron Legacy actually, uh, someday in virtual theater. Cause I, I think that that movie actually was, yeah, I remember it being yeah, kind of cool, that. but I think that other people shit on it. Um, I, you know, I don't really recall much about it so yeah, it'd be I. totally fresh for me yeah let's yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's do that do okay it. uh nomination number two the winner of our first but definitely not last paul poll was yeah. avp what can you say this yes. is good stuff um i was surprised i really enjoyed that movie uh yeah yeah and you know what i was I debating think... with someone uh not debating but i was talking with someone today about the alien movies and like um this you know what this doesn't embarrass the the franchise like these <laughs> like these kind of crossovers can if they're really shoddy you know it's definitely predator propaganda oh yeah for sure i know whose side paul is on but uh i you know i you got to come down somewhere and i respect that uh he made a decision <laughs> i mean they both I, they both get taken down at the end but uh what what you see now is like there's always like like I'm thinking of Batman v Superman and I feel like this is gonna happen in that Godzilla vs Kong movie but it's like there's always like a third thing that shows up and they gotta team up it's like we can only do that so many times so I like that in this a decision was made you know the predators were cooler <laughs> according to Paul I'm happy with that uh yeah I don't like the booking but I did like the movie. I think it was it was fun. <laughs> it reminded me actually of you ever yeah. see Freddy versus Jason? Yes, I I love I love Freddy versus that, Jason. That's a sick movie, and and like clearly Jason won. But uh, yeah, you know what they they had to get Freddy as heat back in the end though. Exactly, yeah, and, and actually the end of that movie almost mirrors the end of this movie because like you like Freddy gives that little wink at the end, but like you know kind of in the same vein here at the end of this movie we got the the chest burster coming out and he's kind of giving that little wink too. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> I'd love to see a, a predator wink. <laughs> well, no, it would be a little baby alien wink. Cause he was the one that got defeated. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. They got, they got their heat back. Yeah, yeah, they did. I feel like the alien, the aliens could wink. Uh, maybe we should do AVP two one day. AVP R or whatever. The I hell forgot. Called. That's a thing. That's that's, there's really another, Okay. I think so. I, th I think so. It probably won't be as good. Um, but let's move on Alien to our next nomination. Requiem. Ooh. Uh, we, we, we know that this movie is sick. Uh, of course, we covered John Wick for Goo's birthday. This was awesome. Uh, yeah. One of my, one of my favorite yeah. movies of the last decade. <laughs> I mean, what can you, what can you say about John Wick that has not been said that we've talked about before? Not a lot. Yeah, it's it's uh to me like uh 
the the blueprint for like a great action movie uh yep yep i agree i and i just watched john wick 2 i think like two weeks ago and i'm still i'm gonna put it out there i think that john wick 2 is the best i still think that that is all right so again maybe maybe we're ready to watch that again this summer (laughs) oh hell yeah hell yeah i am down I, i love it i love all of them it's like making me kick between my children as they say you had triplets and all of them are named john wick <laughs> except the third uh, one Giardani, is named john wick jo- Janovic. <laughs> baba yaga baba yaga uh all right next nomination here it's not even a movie but it kind of was was death stranding which we did for my birthday and this was i'm so glad you you had me do that play that what a what a wild ride you know what? I keep I've been thinking lately about like replaying it <laughs> like now because like, I don't know. I actually like I love I love this game. I, I really did. And the more I think about it as time goes on, like the more I like it. I, I agree. I agree. There were times when I was starting it where I was like, I don't know if I'm into this, but like the more I played it and like the more crazy it got, I was I was just like, I love this. This is this is good shit. I just loved it made like it made like such minute tasks like exciting to me, like just climbing up some rocks and like just like slumming it through the snow. It's awful, but it's like it's so it's so rewarding (laughs) for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I loved it. God. And when when the BTs are around and you got to move really slowly or sometimes you just literally just like fuck it i'm gonna run uh and, and like all the crazy oh, yeah. characters and gimmicks like yeah, this was great actually i've been wanting to play yeah, metal yeah. gear solid 2 again uh i don't know why well, just kinda, i kind of got that well, itch to play 2 specifically yeah well you know maybe uh it's your birthday it's coming up maybe we can do it <laughs> Yeah, my birthday's coming up in, in nine months. I, I, that's probably when I'll have time yeah. to play it, actually, is in nine months. Because uh, I have tons of shit I need to play for my other podcast. But <laughs> let's get to our last nomination here. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. This one was kind of a mixed bag, as we all know. Would have been better without uh, our boy Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. Or if, uh, if Episode One had had Count Dooku. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I really... I like this movie. I um, I was kind of mixed on it, or not mixed on it, but like I had some some things I didn't like, and then like it's another thing that as as like we've gone out from our episode, like it's kind of it's kind of grown on me. There's certainly there's some things that don't need to be in it, right? And there's some things that I wish were explored more. But I, I think it's a pretty, it's still a pretty fun and interesting movie. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's certainly got its moments for sure. Um, all right, <laughs> let's crown the winner here. the The best non video game movie award goes to the only thing on this list that's not actually a movie. It's a video game, but it's kind of like a movie. <laughs> Death Stranding. So yeah, it's it's a whole experience. Uh, it is yeah. a whole experience. It's it's and something it's, else. It's one of the most. It's one of the most unique experiences I've ever had. I've never played a game quite like it, even though it does have a lot of elements from different games. Uh, 
and yeah, I just think it's one of the most unique things I've ever witnessed. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you go from these like really quiet little moments, like you said, of like trudging through the snow and like that challenge and overcoming that. And then like um, five minutes later, there's like this giant like black goopy whale that's creating an ocean of tar <laughs> And, like, skyscrapers are in it, and it's like, what the fuck? And then, like, five minutes after that, you are transported to this war zone with Mads Mikkelsen shooting people. It's, <laughs> All right. it's, it's bonkers, but it's great. Then you're cr- you're crushing a monster. You're in a Street Fighter sequence against uh, Troy Baker. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's got everything that you need. It's got it all. It's got everything you could ever want. So yeah, there you go. All right, we got yeah. uh, we got three more awards here, Goo, to get to, and then we're gonna get out of here. Uh, these are these are the big ones. So let's let's bring it home and talk about the best villain of the year. And uh, we've oh yeah we've got uh, we've got Ian Glenn in here twice, and we're gonna kick it off with the first nomination <laughs> going to Manfred Powell from Laura Croft Tomb Raider. This guy was ruthless. He was a villain. He was like a perfect mm-hmm. James Bond villain. He was great in his role. He was just like the, the shit-eating heel, and you wanted to see him get his at the end. Uh, great performance here. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it's uh, an amazing twofer that he pulled off here. Uh, totally. And let's, let's just dive right into the second one. Uh, he is back also uh, as Dr. Isaacs. In Resident Evil 3 Extinction. This guy was the best part of the movie for me. Far and away. Every time he was on screen. I was engaged. I was in the story. Uh, I thought that he made Wesker just look like a chump by comparison. He was really cool. He had that badass fight at the end. This guy was was all over the place. He was awesome. Yeah, there was something about, to me, just like watching him be held back and just being like, taking it to the extreme like no i'm gonna do my own thing and it's like and then like pumping himself full of the the virus or whatever like that that's what made him so great to me was that he was like you almost kind of like were rooting for him even though he was doing some evil shit i was rooting for this guy like totally for sure not gonna lie sad to see him go yeah and that's that's the that's the real tragedy here is that like he is now the most interesting character from Resident Evil is now no more and that is that is a shame I think mm. but uh, I guess it is what it is let's move on um, let's get to nomination number three Dark Alessa from Silent yeah. Hill this creepy little girl was uh, I guess not really a villain in the end well she kind of was because at the end of it, I thought she yeah. was going to kill her stepmom, but uh, she was she was very creepy. She did a good job. Yeah, I told this I told this to Moss that this was uh, our one of our best villains, and he was like, "She's not a villain." And I'm like, "Well, no, but that I mean, that's what makes her kind of a great character. Is like you think she's kind of this like horrendous spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> that's harassing them or whatever, and." And then, yeah, like, the, it's actually, like, the um, humanity in her or whatever. The uh, empathy they have for what she went through is, like, what makes her kind of interesting. And then she, like, totally tears 
that lady apart yep <laughs> with barbed wire uh so what's what's more cooler and villainous than that well i mean also you were wondering right up until the end too like i i legit thought she was gonna turn the barbed wire on her stepmom or her foster mom or whatever and she didn't but i was still just like all right is this girl like is she i i still wasn't convinced that she wasn't like evil necessarily you know mm-hmm yeah yeah that's what made it that's what made the story uh, so unique to me. Same, same with uh, Dr. Isaacs, is that there was more at play than just, like, a good guy and a bad guy. There was there was a lot of moving pieces. Uh, well, we've got another kind of sympathetic character here. Nomination number four goes to General Hine from mm, okay. Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. And this guy was... Uh, at first, he seemed like a very generic army kind of villain, and in some ways he was, but he did have a reason for his extremism, and, and I thought I thought that that was a, at least a little bit compelling. Um, you know, yeah, I guess we learned that, uh, what was it, his family was was killed by the, uh, the alien things in Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, to me, what I found, found most interesting about him was how how that drove him to be even more relentlessly extreme. Cause there's like, there's like a scene where he thinks like he's done all he can and he's just going to kill himself. Like he's just, he has the gun and he's going to kill himself. And I was like, yeah, to me that like, cause I never really, I really never felt too much sympathy for him as a character, but I did. I, I guess I saw why, like they they convinced me that he would be that extreme, and I thought that was what made him even more like terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's very complicated, and um, he he seemed so one note at first. So it was it was impressive to me that he was uh, yeah, able sure. to kind of turn that around. So uh, nomination number five goes to the big guy himself, the Lord of Darkness, yeah. Dracula. And uh, this is another one where he is, you know, even even going back to last yeah. year, we understand why he is the way he is. I, I sympathize with Dracula for sure. Um, and it's, it is kind of a stretch to call him a villain, even though he clearly and obviously is. Uh, at least we understand why he is doing what he's doing. And I don't think that all villains need to have that, like, sympathetic thing going on. But I, I do think no, that works. Definitely not. It works in this case. For Dracula. Well, and for for a show like this, where you have all these characters and all these, you know, moving pieces or whatever, like that's that's what makes it kind of a fun, like uh, the fun bit of intrigue, you mm-hmm. know, of all all the all the politicking and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, and he's yeah the the story with him and uh, his son is is very very good there and it's building off of it's kind of cheating because it's building off from season one too but you know it's there yep um and you know what it, we we didn't nominate her but even uh carmella would have been uh a very yeah. good but you know what to be honest she'll probably be in the vtas next year for for season three but uh yeah really really great character there too um but there can only yeah. be one so let's go through them we have manfred powell Dr. Isaacs, Dark Alessa, General Hine, and the Lord of Darkness, Dracula. Goo! <laughs> Look, he's so nice that he was on here twice. 
And that's Dr. Isaacs. That's right. <laughs> Ian, Ian Glenn, was it, that was his name, right? Uh, yeah, he is just a formidable uh, character actor, good villain here. Yeah. Um, yeah, what what more can you say? It's ev- it's ev- It was everything with him in that movie. Like, the final confrontation, he gets the laser grid, like... They just they just threw it all at you. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, he did a just a fantastic job. He he elevated that character beyond what it should have been, and he elevated that movie and what beyond. it was in the previous movie too. Right, he was in part two. Right, uh, like like very briefly, he showed up at the end, like after Raccoon yeah. City had got nuked. Yeah. So like, and you just kind of it's kind of unassuming, like you. I don't know. You don't. I didn't expect it to be as as cool as it was. You know. Yeah, and like I was absolutely rooting for this guy. He was. Uh, I. He was cool. This actually, this actually was different than what we were describing too. Like, we we were rooting for them, but you, you like there was nothing sympathetic about him. You know what I mean? Like he was trying to do the most evil shit imaginable, and the reason you rooted for him was that this this the corporation bureaucracy was preventing him from doing it and i'm like come on just let him do the evil shit (laughs) so he was like a perfect example of like a character that needed no we didn't need to like we didn't need a tragic backstory or anything like that we like yeah (laughs) we just need to see him but uh yeah he was very effective at that absolutely uh all right well from best villain let's go to best hero of the year and there's a lot of heavy hitters in here, uh, so let's just jump oh, yeah. right into it. Nomination number one, we have Dusty Alice returning from Resident Evil 3 Extinction. <laughs> Every good villain, of course, has to have a good hero, and uh, we've been on a three-movie journey with Alice so far, and we're definitely not done with her. So She's rocking it. She's rocking yeah. it, yeah. She's got that duster. She's in the desert. She's She's got the bonus of, like, she is kind of this unique, cool uh original character you know like that's something i like about her is that you have some of the other the main characters of resident evil are kind of like these side people and then you've got her as like right here's here's like they've planted their flag with alice you know yeah yeah totally yeah I, shout out to alice yeah <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say I, I was formulating um how i was gonna say this but I think that that's why I like Isaac so much is because he's also like an original creation and like putting Wesker in just feels really cheap to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Alice is like, you, you know, like getting stronger as a lead with, with every installment. So yeah, I'm, I'm, she's not my favorite all the time, but <laughs> she's, Hey, she's getting absolutely like ridiculously powerful too, which I love. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> like yeah. And the- now there's like fucking a hundred of her. Yeah, like, they ended the last movie, the second one, with, like, what the fuck? When she was, like, making a guy bleed through looking through a camera. Oh, and you're God. like, wow, that's insane. And then she, like, is controlling, like, this explosion in the air. And then at the end of this one, it's like, now there's, like, a fuck ton of her. <laughs> and I'm so curious as the, to the implications of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Part Four has got to be coming up soon too. That'll definitely be a year three virtual oh, yeah. movie. 
Um, all right, so nomination number two, Laura Croft, the queen of Roll Tide herself. She is kicking ass. <laughs> she is taking names. She's having a good time. Uh, she she, she ruled, was awesome. Yeah. yeah, she rules. She had some style. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, swag and charisma just oozing <laughs> off of Angelina yeah. Jolie here. My God. 100%. All right, nomination number three. We, we kind of cheated here. Uh, we, we pulled a fast one here, but we're lumping three characters together. No surprises for guessing. Alucard, Trevor, and Saifa. Um, all of the, the collective party, I feel like each one of them is so integral to the story and so important to each other that it, it was really impossible to separate them or single one of them out. So by God, all three of them are here. Yeah, I, want, I feel like I just wanted to mention the whole crew and didn't want to like leave anyone out, you know? Because like, yeah, they each have their own thing. Definitely, um, I mean, Alucard had, like, the story with uh, Dracula, yeah. but the other the other two had some interesting stuff going on as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if you had to pick one, it would be Alucard, but... Uh, yeah, but... Uh, we don't have to pick this one. It's the crew. Yeah. Crew vibes. <laughs> uh, all right, so we were picking just one from The Witcher, and we didn't pick Geralt, because I think we picked him last year, but uh, we wanted some, yeah, some new blood. Yeah. So we picked Yennefer uh, instead this year as the best hero, and she's kind of like a twisted anti-hero almost in a way. Cause like, she's a tweener. Yeah, she's a tweener, <laughs> yeah. Um, some episodes she's doing the right thing, and she's like, you know, saving, trying to save babies and, and whatnot, but then other episodes... She's like making boner potion and poisoning people and stuff like that. So she floats in between. It's all, yeah, it's all informed by her character. She fits in one of the categories. So I guess this is the better one. Yeah. Um, I guess there's, there's not really a best tweener award. Maybe there, maybe there could be for next year. (laughs) Who knows? But Yennefer is in there. And our last nomination goes to Dr. Aki Ross. Um, Yeah. What a, the character. The character, yes. Not the actress. <laughs> Were they going to name the digital actress Aki Ross, too? Because that's just... I don't know, weird. actually. I don't know, yeah. That's that's fucked up. You would have had to give her a name. Probably not. I think. Uh, anyway, yeah, she yeah, she was probably. kicking butt and using science as, uh, as a tool in <laughs> Final Fantasy. So... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was... Uh, she did a good job. We liked her. We liked the character. Uh, good story. She was... The thing that I like about her is, like, she was a leader, but she wasn't, like, uh, she wasn't, like, your typical, like, she's the head of, like, the military crew or a security or something. Like, she's just kind of an unassuming scientist who kind of rose up to the challenge. And I thought that that was cool because, like, you know, you're fighting this 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 virus basically is what that was. And, like, you would think that a person, the best person to combat that would be a scientist. And you wouldn't do it just by shooting at it. So I like that. Yeah, and she had... She had decent chemistry with a character who uh, looked, but sounded like, but did not look like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> um, that, that was weird. That wasn't very Alec good, Baldwin. actually. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's commendable, at least. Actually, I don't know. I, her character, I don't remember as much, but she was just generally cool to me. Yeah, she she was pretty cool, and uh, she was in Maxim. Did we mention that? I mean, that's. You know, yeah, she's roll tied. Yeah. Tied. All right. So let's let's go over it one more time. Uh, we've got up for the award of best hero, Dusty Alice. 
Laura Croft, Alucard, Trevor, and Saifa, uh, Yennefer, and Aki Ross. There can only be one, or should we say, there can only be three. <laughs> it's not just because we put them together, but yeah, Alucard and Trevor and Saifa, uh, they got the bump. And, uh, you know, we, I can hear some people saying cheating. that we cheated, but uh, I looked in the handbook and we're allowed to do this. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's fine, and we'll we'll retire them, you know, we're not going to bring them back out. Yeah, I think that's fair, I think that's fair. Um, that's fair, that's fair. So here we go, the big one, Goo. Uh, we've been building up to this and building up to this, and we're finally here. Virtual theaters, movie slash show of the year. And of course, mm. this is for everything that we covered in uh, the last calendar year since our last episode. So let's run through the nominations here. <clears throat> we have got, kicking us off, nomination number one, Castlevania Season 2. You've heard us talk about how great Dracula was, how great uh, Isaac was, how great Alucard, Trevor, and Sypha were. The, the atmosphere and the mood of this, this should be no surprise. This was a tour de force and uh, a very fitting first <laughs> nomination. Yeah, yeah, po- a powerhouse. Uh, yeah, uh, the powerhouse is a good term. <laughs> um, one of our another powerhouse. Uh, this this one was one that uh, we we were both really surprised and impressed with is Silent Hill. Who when we when we began this year, I don't know that I would have considered that uh, ending up in this spot, but here it is. I yeah, I was always like I had heard people say it was good, and I always just thought like, okay, this must just be like fans of the game saying it, you know, like that happens sometimes where people are fans of something, so they like, you know, they latch on to something, uh, but that's not actually as good as they say it is. But I was yeah, I was surprised. I I like this movie like, um. And I and we'll say it with some of these other ones that I think people, um, people kind of usually throw these movies in the bin. But like, I I have no I have no asterisk with this movie. I just think it's a good movie. Actually, that's my that's my stance. Well, there you go. That's nomination number two. I'm gonna say the same thing about nomination number three. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. I think you nailed it earlier. They just wanted to make a kick-ass movie, and they totally did. This is fun. It's sexy. It's it's like a happy movie. Uh, this is this is it's good just stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And uh, and I've seen the new Tomb Raiders, and like they're pretty good, or the new Tomb Raider, I guess. They're they're good, but like there's this big emotional arc to it that I don't know needs to be there for a Tomb Raider movie. And this movie doesn't fuck around with any of that. It just it knows what its audience wants and it gives it to us. And I yeah, like it for that. That's, that's actually something that I think of when I think of the, the early two thousands E3 vibe. Um, I think of that with like a lot of games now that are like, even ones that are good, uh, that are like reimaginings of games from that time where like everything now is so sullen and so serious. Like you look at like God of war or something, which is a great game or whatever. And I don't even have much like love for the originals, but just just the, you know, like there's something about going back to that time and like playing these ridiculous like video game 
ass video games that are like unabashed, you know, they're just unashamed to be what they are. Mm. And I think this movie is like a time capsule of that, of just being like a cool kick ass, <laughs> you know, it's not the best action movie ever made, but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to go back to the world of, of Laura Croft when we do uh, the cradle of life. I'm really looking forward to that actually. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I wonder what that is like at all. Yeah. Well, let's keep it going. Uh, nomination number four, Resident Evil 3 Extinction. Yeah, that was, I think that was one I thought to be on here, because I don't think you liked that one as much, but you did like Isaacs. I did right? like Isaacs, yeah. You you definitely campaigned for this, but I, w- <laughs> I didn't hate it enough to say no. Fair enough. I think it's got a, got a lot of great moments. We got the Carlos uh, thing that we threw on there. It's got the laser grid. And I, I said it already, but I felt like it made it feel like the conclusion, even though there's clearly more, but like kind of like wrapping up some kind of overarching story that didn't exist. And I I will also say I enjoy this movie without any asterisks. Like, sure, there's things that are better, but I genuinely I just enjoyed the movie. It, it's not I'm not even coming like with really a grain of salt. I just thought like it's not the greatest movie ever made, but. I thought it was pretty fun. <laughs> well, it was certainly better than Alone in the Dark. Uh, so, you know, our, oh our competition yeah. is, is it slim. It didn't challenge me in that way. Yeah. Um, all right. Last nomination here. Uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. I, I think I campaigned for this movie more than you did. Um, something. Yeah, I think this is a good movie, too, actually. It, it is. It, I, I, I respect it and I like it just because it's so daring. Like. I think it would have been like really, really easy to do uh, a Final Fantasy movie and basically make it Final Fantasy VII, but like change some of the characters and the tropes and stuff like that just slightly to make it its own unique thing. I think that would have been really easy, and I think that that probably would have been really successful, actually. But they yeah. just went in a completely different, bonkers direction, and they they stuck to their guns. It wasn't a hit. And it wasn't necessarily what Final Fantasy fans wanted. And I don't blame them for that. But I do, like, this movie has balls. And I I, I like that a lot. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. And I, again, I think all around, like, sure, I'm never going to show any of these movies really to someone and just be like, look at video games as this immaculate <laughs> art form or whatever. Um, But... I don't know. I think looking at these and these aren't even all the movies we covered, but these to me are the best ones that we talked about. Like, I'm just like, we, we always have that question about like, what, what did this do for like the legacy of video game movies? And these are all kind of, except for Castlevania, which is new, like from a similar era. And I'm like, I don't know. These are actually pretty good. These are actually pretty good. So I, I, it, the legacy of video game movies, it's all marketing. You know what I mean? It's like same thing that they was like the deal with comic book movies. Like there's always there's always been like good ones and there's always been like shitty ones. <laughs> and that's that's just how it is. You know, like it like comic book movies now, for example, aren't like I don't know. I don't really think they were better than they were before. <laughs> but that's just that's just one goose take. Well, I I don't know that I disagree with that. And I feel like 
we've kind of got into this conversation before um, and had some really good talk about it. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, to a certain extent, the myth and the legend around video game movies being bad is true. But again, you look at, uh, you look at all of the movies on here and they're really, they're really solid. Like, and they're not like, I, I wouldn't be embarrassed to like say to Samantha, like, Hey, let's watch, uh, you know, let's watch Silent Hill tonight or something like that, which is actually like what I did. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's they're certainly goofy, but sure. a lot of movies are goofy. Most movies people like are fucking goofy, right? Like, like uh, I was I watching the Fifth Element. Like... And that's a goofy ass fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just weird. It's just a weird like. Yeah, people just act better than them, which is it's fine. If, I I also understand if anyone told me they didn't like any of these movies, I'm not saying like you should like them, but um. I, I like them. <laughs> well, and we're going to like one a little bit more than the others. Let's go through the nominations and then crown the winner. We've got Castlevania Season 2, Silent Hill, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Resident Evil 3 Extinction, and Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Those are the five nominations for movie slash show of the year. Goo, what's taking home the bacon? <laughs> well, not a movie. But Castlevania season two is taking home the bacon. <laughs> I think it's kind of like um, for me personally, it, it wouldn't even be my my favorite. But I think it was kind of one that we both collectively were stoked on the most, right? Yeah, I I think so. But, I I just think that like you know we we were just talking about how all these video game movies are like they're good movies and they're like they're they they don't like shit the bed like a lot of people i think think video game movies do but you look at these movies and then you look at the quality of castlevania season 2 and it is hard for me to say anything else but castlevania the characters the story the aesthetic the music everything is good yeah it's 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 better than good it's like fantastic i think right yes yeah they i think it has a big leg up too and i'm not i like there's been plenty of bad versions of this but like the fact that it is an animated show <laughs> helps because like I can't imagine someone making a live action Castlevania show. I mean I could, but um no one would probably attempt it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um But that, that, I don't disagree even, with that though. I think I think that's a good point. Yeah. But uh it yeah, it's just yeah, it's good. And I, I like too that it's um it's it's like pretty short for the most part, but it tells like a pretty compelling story in that amount of time. And it doesn't like waste your time. Like every episode is pretty action packed and you've got a lot of wild character moments. Like there's some with uh, Isaac, for example, that stand out to me. Some yep. pretty gruesome ones. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's a pretty sweet show. I I, I heard it was really good for a long time and uh i always thought like this seems cool but uh i liked it even more than i thought i would well there you go castlevania season two is our winner of the vta for the best movie of the year it joins super mario bros from last year in the illustrious virtual (laughs) theater hall of fame wow wow two two giants right there man uh so tell us if you uh if you agree 
if you disagree, what we snubbed, what you think uh, you would have put in, all that good stuff, come tell us over on Discord. Uh, we're doing a lot of cool stuff over on Discord. We've been having like uh, Smash Nights, and and I was live streaming uh, the Wand of Gamelon yesterday. So come hang out with us over there. It's a good time. Yeah, I've been. There's been a lot more hanging, which I've appreciated especially now yeah yeah it's it's been a highlight actually for me uh every week so yeah come and hang out with us over on discord um goo anything that you want to add before we before we get our plugs in and, and get out of here um I, you know i think we mostly covered it uh i guess uh should we just we should just enshrine castlevania also i i think that's fair i think that since season two is one that means that season three is uh uh, yeah, let's just say in in our in our Hall of Fame we've got the Mario movie and the show <laughs> Castlevania. Yeah, and maybe if it gets bad, we'll we'll cut it off at a season. But for now, I haven't seen the third season. You're saying it's good. I I'm I'm committing to just saying that the whole show is is in the record books as being one of our one of our top picks. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because season right. three is is also awesome. Maybe not as awesome as season two though. <laughs> But uh, it's it's awesome. Um, okay, good. So yeah, and we hope that you thought that this episode was awesome. Uh, we had a good time reminiscing about the second year of virtual theater. We can't wait to to bring you year three. There's still so much left. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, we've got we've got two Tomb Raider movies to cover: the new one and the old one. Uh, we've got Warcraft. We've got new seasons of The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, man, we got More Monster Hunter. <laughs> Oh, don't forget, there's uh, a sequel to Silent Hill that's apparently one of the worst. Uh, Mossies, who loves the first one, big Silent Hill fan, said it's one of the worst movies he's ever seen. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So we'll definitely have to watch that. I am really curious to see this piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of pieces of shit, there is an Alone in the Dark 2 for fuck's sakes. Oh, God. Isn't there House of the Dead 2? There's House of the Dead 2. These are non-Uves, which makes it, like, who who was psychotic enough to make their own sequel to an Uve Bowl movie? Someone who peels people's skins off their faces after he's murdered them. That's who. (laughs) Uh, yeah, oh, we, we, so, I mean, we got uh, tons of, we got the Angry Bird movie, we've got... <laughs> oh my god, both of them. We've got both Halo that has had a couple movies and still yet to find its way, there's there's so much stuff. Um, so much. So much, and of course, we, uh, you know, if you feel like chipping us a few bucks, we've got the entirety of the Legend of Zelda 80s cartoon as well, so that's over on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. Tons of extras and goodies in there, too, by the way, for as little as a buck a month. So that uh, is something that you should consider if you enjoy the show. Uh, We are going to get out of here. We're going long. uh, But we do want you to check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Gooey is at GooeyFame. And we are at Virtual Theater X. And, of course, we want you to hit us up over on SoundCloud and uh, wherever you get your podcast like subscribe give us that five star review and i think that's all the shills i think that's all the plugs let's it's gtfo let's get on out of here take care everyone thanks for the love in year two of virtual <laughs> theater yeah thank you until until next episode ciao roll tide 
Lara Croft. <laughs>